You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Love was when God became a man Locked in time and space Without rank or place Love was God Born of Jewish kin Just a carpenter with some fishermen. Love was when Jesus mocked in history. Lovingly he brought a new life that's free. God nailed to bleed and die to reach and love one such as I. when God became a man down where I could see love that reached to me love was God dying for my sin Just so trapped was I, my whole world caved in. Love was when Jesus met me, now it's real. Lovingly he came, I can feel he's God, only He would try to reach and love one such as I. singing Abby and Ryan and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the children can be dismissed to uh, children's church and their their classes and the fun time you have back there and uh, they're getting ready for the kids Christmas program and they'll be practicing back there and fun exciting things uh, turn in your Bibles please James chapter one <clears throat> James chapter one uh, I also have another uh, announcement. We will be putting together uh, a couple's Bible study. Uh, and my first question was, well, it's couples. Are we talking marrieds? Uh, and uh, the person just said, we just want couples. We want um, You can be uh, engaged. You can be dating. You can be married for uh, two years, like my wife and I. Had to think for a second. Two years, like my wife and I. Or uh, 10 years, 20, 30, 40, 50, as there are some in this church are. Um, But anyway, the sign-up is on that table um, where we give our offering and tithe. The sign-up is over there. And right now, we just want to see if people are interested. Uh, We want to see if people are interested, how many couples might be interested. 
uh, engaged couples. And <laughs> just picking on you. And uh, see uh, who's interested and uh, how many materials to purchase. Uh, so we just want to do that. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 1. I have an introduction. Well, I'll say it afterwards. James 1, 1. The Bible says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. One more time. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. We'll stop there. By way of introduction, I feel like I have to introduce you to this man named James. Who is this guy? Who, who is he? Because there are an estimated, when you read the New Testament, there are an estimated, and it matters who you talk to, because they'll argue with you, uh, three to seven different Jameses. Uh, and some people will argue, well, that's, that, that's talking about this James, that's talking about that James, and so on. There are different Jameses in the Bible, and this man, James, does not say anything other than James, a servant of God. Doesn't say his name, doesn't say where he's from, doesn't say uh, uh, how he's re- uh, related, uh, nothing. He just says, James, a servant of God. Uh, then, I want to introduce you to two other Jameses. I want to introduce you to three Jameses. This is going to be one. Uh, the two other ones, Matthew 10, 2-3, it'll be on the screen here. Matthew 10, 2-3. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, the first Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, that's one, James, uh, and John his brother Philip, his brother Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Libius, whose surname is Thaddeus. So there's two Jameses, we meet two Jameses there, and they are part of the twelve apostles. So again, who is this James? Because he would have said, James, an apostle. Just as other people have said in the Bible. They wrote, Paul and Peter both wrote, uh, Paul Paul an apostle, Peter an, an apostle. James write, James, a servant. James, a servant of God. Hmm. So, uh, my first question, uh, why, why, did he say, why did he say servant? Um, so, I hope I, I have uh, your attention. I hope you're interested. Who is this James? Well, I'll just come, I have to just come out and say, this is James, the half-brother of Jesus. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus. James and Jesus have the same mother, um, but Jesus' father is God the Father, and James's father is a man named Joseph. So, this is James, brother, half-brother of Jesus. We come to this conclusion by a, a number of different reasons, and, and I, I gave a few of them. Um, commu- uh, gathering information, when the book was written, to the depths of other Jameses, it couldn't be James B. because he died and, and the book was written at this time and so on. Uh, and what was written about in other books, and I'll show you that today, what was written in other books helps us believe and come to a great conclusion. This has to be none other than James, the brother, half-brother of Jesus. Question number one, why didn't you say so? Like, that, that would give you so much credit, credibility. Uh, James, brother of Jesus, me. So, uh, I wanted to stop right there. And, hey, you're allowed to laugh in church. You're, we're allowed to have a good time. And if you've heard me preach, uh, you'll know that I can say some funny things, and sometimes not on purpose. And uh, I was thinking yesterday at work, there are many jokes that can be made about James being the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine with me having Jesus as your sibling? You can't get away with anything. Who broke the vase? Jesus did it. 
And Jesus says, no, I didn't. And James is, oh, it wasn't me. Oh, okay, all right, it was me. I uh, can't get away with anything. Jesus, being my brother. That, oh, man. Uh, secondly, you're allowed to laugh. Secondly, uh, do you ever think around the dinner table, in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, wait a minute. Can you just see in James's name one time? Can you say in James's name, amen? Feel like you're playing favorites here, Joseph. Like, throw me a bone. Come on. Uh, James's name, amen? Something? And uh, I thought about that. And you can think of other funny things. I was kind of laughing to myself. Probably looked like a weirdo yesterday at work. Uh, there'd be some funny stories if Jesus was your sibling. On a, more, uh, on a more serious note, I find it very interesting to consider how James came to know Christ as his Savior. Not to know Christ as his brother, but came to know Christ as his Savior. Because James even knew that he needed that. I got a little bit ahead of myself. When you look into a perspective, something you should know about James. So again, this is introduction. Who is this guy James? James, the brother of Jesus. That's who it is. If you want to know him, you should know this. The disciples were with Jesus for three years. James was with Jesus his entire life. Entire life. And, and something I was not able to find, send out a challenge to anyone who can find it, uh, what is the age difference from Jesus and James? Couldn't find it last night. And I was getting a little tired, and I moved on to something else. Age difference between James and Jesus. Uh, Jesus was the first child. Uh, James is the next. I don't know what it is. If it was three years, then James and Jesus knew each other for 30 years, if it was three. You know, because Jesus was 33 years old uh, at the time he died and, and uh, rose again and went to heaven. So, just for a perspective point, uh, brother of Jesus, knew him a long time. Credibility. This gives you a lot of credibility. But James says, James, servant. Why wouldn't you say, brother of Jesus? Do you know who I am? Do you know who my mother is? Mary. Mary. Servant. Why'd you say, why'd you say that? I want to continue, and, and I think you're just getting a, a glimpse into my brain of, why'd you say that? Why'd you say that? Now, uh, on a more serious note, as I said before, I want to look and consider James' spiritual journey at salvation. So here we have a little glimpse before salvation. This is John 7, 1 through 5. This can be on the screen too. John 7, 1 through 5. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Brethren said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also make thee the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, for he himself seeketh to be known openly. He said you can't do these miracles in secret. You have to do them in the open or else nobody's going to know. And then at the end, for neither did his brethren believe in him. And that, and I had to grab, I'm like, is that talking about James or is that talking about someone else? And when you read context, when you read where we're at in the story, when brethren is that word, it's, it's family. It's talking about family. Neither did his brethren, family, brother, James, believe that he was who he was at that, at that time. James needed a Savior, just like we all do this morning, and we have called upon Christ as our Savior. James needed a Savior, too. 
So in, in this context, uh, if you are who you say you are, go show people. Nobody's going to know who you are if you stay at home like you have been the last 30 years. <laughs> and if you do these miracles in private. But at the end, his brothers didn't even believe. Or his brother James and other Jesus had other siblings too. They didn't believe at that time. He was who he said he was. So I want to bring you to now the place where I believe where James knew Christ as his Savior. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. That can be on the screen also. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, and some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, and then all the apostles. And, the, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. So, Again, I, I don't necessarily need to read it again, but it says he was seen of Cephas, the twelve. So these are groups. Then 500 people at once. Big group, 500 people. Then, after the 500, he had a single appointment with one person, and that was James, his brother. Jesus thought it best. At this time, Jesus died and rose again, and he was being seen of people as a risen Savior. Not a dead prophet, but a risen Savior. And he found it best. I've seen of the twelve, I've seen of five hundred brethren, uh, meaning followers, Christ followers, and finally, my brother, James. And the conversion of James is never recorded saying James got saved at this place at this time. But I'll just say I believe it was at this place. And, and it was at the place where he said, Jesus, you're alive? That's you? I saw you die. I saw you look unrecognizable as, as my brother, somebody that I looked at millions of times. You're alive? I can't believe it. You really are who you say you are. Wow. And it clicked. That light bulb went off in his head of, oh, I see. And, and I, I just believe it was cleared up all in this part where James sees, uh, excuse me, Jesus sees his brother James. Then, after this great conversion happens, we're going to skip later on into the future, James becomes the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Galatians 1.18. So again, uh, just to have your attention, who is James? Who is this guy? Brother of Jesus. And then we're kind of do, 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 going, talking about a synopsis of his life. Okay? Just to be very clear. Galatians 1.18. Then after three years... I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days, but the other apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. That's Galatians 1.18? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. He said, I went up, and notice he said Jerusalem. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. The other apostles, I didn't see them, but I saw James, the Lord's brother. So we know he was in Jerusalem. Galatians 2.8, excuse me, 2.9. Galatians 2.9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was, a, that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. And I'm, I'm going to stop there, and, and, that's, and that's fine. Um, they, in this context, they were going out as missionaries sent out of the church. Go preach the gospel. Go be missionaries. And when they say, seem to be pillars of the church, the first was James. Pillars of the church. Big, important people. 
And these were talking about pillars of the church, the church in Jerusalem. James, first name. Interesting. And you wonder that the first name mentioned, uh, an assumption can be made that might be the pastor. Then, uh, in Acts, there was, um, again, I'm just showing James had some crazy credibility. In Acts 15, uh, Acts 15, 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised in the manner of Moses, you can't be saved. I said, guys, uh, if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. Which, is, which means all New Testament believers are out the door. Uh, that's a problem. J- Acts 15.13 And after they held their peace, they were arguing and disputing. James answered, saying, Men, brethren, hearken unto me. Guys, listen. Uh, who gave him the credibility to even say, Hey, guys, listen. Uh, I believe he was the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. That gave him the credibility to say, uh, just a second, guys, listen to me here. Uh, I got something to say. By the way, <laughs> James, brother, Jesus, you know, Mary, mom, servant. Uh, said, guys, listen, fake news. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't get saved uh, only if you're only if you're circumcised, but anybody does, and that's in the rest of Acts 15. So very quickly, this is a large, massive review. We meet a man named James. He's the half brother of Jesus. He trusts Jesus as a savior when he sees him risen. He becomes the pastor of the largest church in the world at that time, the church in Jerusalem. Why did he say James, servant? The credibility, like, why do you say that? Do you know who? Do you know who you are? Who is James? Well, I, I guess I already listed. <clears throat> I guess I already listed. Who is James? Think about what he could have said. You don't need to turn here. First Peter chapter one says Peter, an apostle. Ephesians one says Paul, an apostle. What, who is James? James 1.1. 1, 1. I am James, pastor of Jerusalem, largest church on earth. Greeting, writing unto you. Whoever gets this letter would be, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh James, oh James, I know this guy. Because again, there's more than one James in existence. So they had to differentiate a little bit. And when you first opened up this letter, you could say, who is this guy? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, brother, Jesus. Yeah, got it. Mom, Mary? Yeah, I know him. James. I am James, son of Mary, mother of Jesus. James 1.1. 1, 1. I am James, half-brother of Jesus. Loads of credibility. Who is James really? Because you can say, who is James? And the name... Uh, who he is, or the things he's related to, and, and thinks, who is he really? Based on how he describes himself, a servant. And as Pastor stated last week, I'm bouncing a little bit off of Pastor from last week, uh, a slave, is how the word servant is translated. James was not interested in defining himself how others saw him or a motivation based on what others think. By using the word servant, he made it clear. This label did not come from others, but by his standing before God. Uh, This is how he viewed himself before Jesus Christ. Servant, when you allow the views, here's some application. So we went through a lot of information. When you allow the views of others to define you, you'll find yourself interested in earthly labels and accolades. Do you know who I am? Do you know my spiritual resume? (laughs) 
By the way, I don't know anybody in this church that does this. Just want to make that clear. I am the Sunday school teacher. That's me. That's the... Do you know who I am? I'm the, I'm the song leader. I'm the, pretty much a big deal, you know? Uh, you know? Uh, and uh, do you know... Do you know what I do? Because pastor would have to replace... If he replaced me, it would take three or four people. Do you know who I am? We have to be careful when we are putting... When uh, names are put on us, or accolades, or labels are put on us. If somebody had a reason to say, do you know who I am? His name was James. Do you know who I am? Do you know what gives me credibility? I'm a big deal. His name was James. He didn't say, I'm all this and I'm all that. He said, I'm servant. Not a big deal. Servant. Hmm. If you've been raised in church, you've been in church your whole life, your parents are good Christians. My parents, hey, do you know who my parents are? Do you know how long they served in that Sunday school in this ministry? Dad was the treasurer. Mom was this, that, and sang in choir and the other. Do you know who I am? Do you know who my parents are? We sacrificed so much for that church. Um, we have to be careful. Do you know how faithful my parents have been? All that matters is this, and especially for the young people, all that matters is this, is your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, you're not going to ride <laughs> on the coattails of your parents. Of uh, Do you know who my parents are? They're, they're, they're a pretty big deal. But this choice of being a God follower and a Christ follower, servant, is placed on you. And you alone, not placed on your mom and dad. And it is a choice that we make. Uh, in the end, you know, I could say who I am, and I do this and I do that. In the end, you know what I am? Just a servant. Um, you have to come to this conclusion. I am nothing without Jesus. Nothing but a servant. Nothing without God, who, my master, whom I serve. Your most important position. Your most important accolade. Servant. How does God label His followers? Servants. Have you considered my blank Job? Servant. Have you considered my servant Job? In Joshua, it says, in Joshua, in the first verse, Moses, my servant, is dead. These are the labels. If, if you want a godly label, as a label that God gives you, servant. Well done, you good and faithful servant. And while others may fight for positions, and labels. By the way, this can be said about our work and uh, other places in life. I'm not, this isn't only for this four walls. Others fight for positions and labels and backbiting and trying to get higher and higher in their work position. You can say, servant, that's me. I'll take that label. I'll take that, uh, what's known as me, servant. We have to stop defining ourselves as others view us, but as God views us, as a servant. Servants serve when there is a need, uh, not when there is recognition. I wonder how many of you know the name of the person. Now, don't raise your hand. Just listen. Can you name the person who vacuums the carpet here at church? I will name their name. Servant. Um, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Can you name the person in the nursery right now taking care of diapers that stink and taking care? Sometimes you hear a scream and a yell, and that scream and a yell goes away, and the nursery worker is on top of whatever's going on. The name of the person in the nursery today 
is uh, servant. And, uh, excuse me, do you know the people who work on church-related things at home because they never get recognized? We never know how long. Do you know it takes hours and sacrifice to put together the song that Danny put together, Joy to the World? You You know, he just started it this morning. Uh, no, he didn't. He practiced. He put time into it. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't want to single people out. The time people spend at home doing Sunday school lessons, church finances, buying material, putting things together for this church, the name of every single person, servant. Just, uh, just a servant. Not a big deal, God. That's, uh, that's all I want to be. Excuse me. Just a servant. Um, I don't need my name up, up in lights and on the screen and, and clap for me when I'm done vacuuming the floor. Servant. That's all I am. What motivates these people to keep them smiling? It is this calling of being God's servant. Follower of Christ. The number one example of servant, though, is not James. Uh, Of course it is Jesus. And Jesus has him beat at yet another thing. (laughs) Jesus. Ultimate, ultimate servant. Philippians 2.7 He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. So if I can finally relate this to Christmas, and I'm sorry uh, if you were expecting a Christmas sermon. I'm sorry. The Jews did not believe that Jesus was who He was. And still to this day, 2021, they don't. Our Messiah is still coming. He hasn't come yet. Because at the birth, Jesus came as a servant. They were not expecting a servant. They were expecting, and you can say about as much as you want to say, grand staircase from heaven. Angels walking down in a marching band with fireworks. And you name all of the pomp and circumstance, just send it. And, and we got chariots of fire, and we got horses, and we got all this stuff. And the Jews were like, got it, that's the king didn't come that way. Didn't come that way. Just a baby born in Bethlehem, not even born in the capital of Israel. Just born in Bethlehem? Uh, In a barn, possibly a cave, where animals feed. That's, that's, That's not a king. That's not a king. That's uh, that's a servant. When you read, again, on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, I want you to think of this. When you read the Christmas story again, servant, servant, why didn't he come with the fireworks, explosions? Your king is here, and I'm here to kick those Romans in the tail. Why didn't James say, do you know who I am? Brother of Jesus, Mary, Mom, that's me. Instead, they labeled themselves, James and Jesus, labeled themselves as God sees them. Servant, servant, just a servant, just somebody who will serve my Creator, God. Hmm. Amen. I want to leave you with three truths. I haven't looked at the watch once. Okay. I want to leave you with three truths from James that help you to be a servant. Here is the the meat of our application because I feel like I gave a lot of information. A lot of information. This is James. This is who he is. This is what he did. A lot of information. And here we are. We're going to apply what we learned. Three truths to help you be a servant. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, 
and cometh down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. A servant is nothing without his master, and we are nothing without our Creator, God, who we serve. So we ought not think that we are good stuff. Do you know who I am? Do you know how long I've been doing this? I'm good. I'm, you know, pastor would need to replace me with three people. And so on. I already said that. We ought not think of ourselves higher than we ought to think. Like Satan did. Just a reflection. Just a reflection of Christ. Servant. Reflection of Christ. Me? Not a big deal. I, I, re- I could care less. Servant. We ought to remember we are nothing without our Master, our Creator, God, Jesus Christ. That's the only reason we serve. It's for Him, uh, not for the, the hand claps or handshakes and high fives and extra credit from our pastor. Uh, just because we love God and we serve Him is why we serve. Number two, uh, uh, James one twenty seven. James one twenty seven. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father of this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. How do I serve God? By serving others. I serve God by serving others. How did Jesus do it? Jesus being the perfect example of a servant. If you want to know anything of anything about a servant, Jesus. How did he do it? He served others. He was consistently serving others. And again, do you remember pastor saying, washed of the disciples' feet? It's pretty gross. He got down. He took off his coat. That was something I didn't know before. Jesus took off his coat. Oh, they might think that I'm below them. He wasn't interested in that. He wasn't interested in the earthly titles. Instead, God viewed him as servant. If you watch the master, servant, the example of a servant, he served God, by his father, by serving men. I wanted to hit this really hard. Servanthood does not start and stop at church. Because I feel like in a lot of sermons, if I were to speak a sermon on servanthood, it starts and stops in church. All right, we're going to hit a sermon on servanthood, and then we're going to announce we need help with this, and we're going to announce that we need help with that, and just so happens that we're going to paint the walls, and oh, by the way, hey, servants. But... This servanthood ship way of living does not end when you walk out the door. Uh, why doesn't it be there? Why isn't it there when we're at home and we're at work doing our daily tasks? I have a funny little picture, comic. If you can read this. Can you see it? What year is it? And does it run? So there's a man uh, vacuuming the carpet. I'll just say it. There's a man vacuuming the carpet. There's a man doing the laundry. And there's a man ironing the clothes. And in all three pictures, the wife is looking over like this. What's going on? In the final picture, the man is doing the dishes. And the wife says, what year is it? And does it run? And the joke is, he got in trouble. He might have bought a new car or car that doesn't work, something like that. Let's just say tractor for Ronnie or Danny. Bought a tractor and said, uh, hey, so <laughs> made this big financial decision without you. Pretty funny. Anyway, if I can turn this to something a little bit more serious, God help us if the only time that we serve our spouse is if I'm in trouble. 
God help us. Seriously. Think about that. The only time that you serve your wife and you say, hey, hey, let me do the dishes tonight is when you feel guilty that you did something wrong or anything. Why can't we just be servants all the time? And, I, I, you know, I don't want to toot my horn. I sent Abby flowers last week uh, because it, uh, it was a difficult week and Grandma had surgery. She needed to pick me up. I sent her flowers. I think she was asked by three or four different people, what did he do wrong? Or, um, oh man, you know, did what happened? And then uh, one of her coworkers, birthday? Nope. Anniversary? Nope. What else is there? Abby said, just because. Um, I want to be a servant. I want to be a servant even to my wife. Maybe at work. Do I need a, a position and a title and somebody to uh, slap me on the back and say, great job today? Uh, by the way, I feel like that doesn't happen enough. But I do, I do not do it. Listen to me, you do not work hard at work just for fun, but because God is your master and you're just a servant. You don't give your all and give your best at work uh, just because it, maybe it's the right thing to do or you want that raise or bonus. Remember this, God's my servant. Uh, excuse me, God's my master. I'm the servant. I'm going to do the best I can. Give it my all. Because uh, I'm just a servant. It's all I am. Finally, number three, I am, not, I am most concerned with God's view of me and not others' view of me. God does not, excuse me, God does not look at the same things that we do. He doesn't bring up the make um, things important and bring things up uh, like we do. The, the two lists are different. James 2:5. James 2:5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath God not chosen the poor of the world rich in faith? That's me. Poor in the world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. God chose the weaker things. Myself. God chose the thing that the, the not so smart, not the greatest grades. I'm just I'm talking to me. Not the greatest grades, not the best in anything. But I remember a, a moment when God called upon me and I said, God, all right, servant, I'll just serve. And if you, if you put me somewhere, I'll do it. Just a servant, all right? Because I'm not the best. I want to tell a, a, a quick personal story. And it's, it's, it, 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 hits, it hits home. It hits home. There was a night um, a time when I when here at Elk Point, and when I messed up, I was doing some announcements. I messed up, and uh, during singing, I messed up. Do you remember the time when we were singing the song on the page on the left, and I started singing the song on the right? That happened too. I haven't forgot. And there were times where I messed up. I was in great distress because of messing up. I called a friend of mine and said, I'm doing bad. I mean, pastor's going to have to find another song leader and another person to do announcements. I don't know who, but I'm, I'm, I messed up. Did you not hear that? I'm, I, what a silly, stupid thing that I did. Because I had in my mind, what was the perfect song leader? Perfect hair, voice of an angel, uh, suit and everything, the way he dresses, is beyond perfection. Tailored suits that are $800 each. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, 
that guy should lead music. I don't know why I am. And doing the announcements, I messed up here and there, and I said something I shouldn't have. And, and you know what? Someone else should do it, uh, and, and they'll make people laugh. You know, they won't make announcements boring. They'll make people laugh. We'll have a good time. I don't know about this. This, this great friend reminded me and said, Ryan, this church at Elk Point never, <laughs> excuse me, um, uh, uh, never asked for perfection. And I said, I'm trying my hardest. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I'm trying the best I can. I'm trying to give it my all. And I messed up. And I feel really dumb. And they said, they're, they're not looking for perfection. Hey, maybe, maybe change your thinking. They're just looking for Ryan. And I said, all right. I, I mean, that's my name. I can do that. Servant. Uh, that's all I want to be. And ever since then, I'm like, I can relax now. After I hung up from that phone call, okay, this church here at Elk Point isn't looking for the perfect song leader. And I told you this would get close to home. Maybe they're not looking for the perfect song leader, the guy who can say perfect messages and never mess up once. Maybe, you know what, between me and God, just a servant. Just, that's, God, okay, just a servant. What stops you from serving? Well, other people are better at it. Have you heard this guy? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this woman? They look the part, they're way better than me, they should do it. I want to give another example. I'm so happy that Miss Sonia still plays the piano and she does great at it. Something that you might not know is she plays by ear and not able to, uh, not technically taught to read music. Correct? No? I was wrong? No. But anyway, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Okay, here's what I was going to say. Miss Sonia can say, Pastor, there's better piano players than me. I'm going to stop. That's what I'm getting at, all right, before I failed a little bit right there. Pastor, there's better piano players than me. I don't think I should do it anymore. Just a servant. She still, she still serves. Still continues to play beautifully, reading the music. <laughs> Just a servant. And we can, we can mention excuses. You want me to do what? I've never done that before. You should ask this person. I can't lead a couple's Bible study. I'm not the perfect couple. Pick someone else. This, this couple, have you seen them? They're the perfect couple. God did not ask for perfection. Asked for servanthood. That gave me such comfort. It made me feel I'm okay. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a flawed person who makes mistakes and says silly things and does silly things, but God didn't ask me to be perfect. God just asked me to serve. You know what? At the end of the day, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to rely on the hand claps I get or something that I did so great at or so bad at. <laughs> I'm just going to rely that God told me to be a servant. When we serve, and you say, if you go this week and say, God, all right, sermon, uh, the sermon on Sunday, make me a servant, you're going to find yourself serving other people consistently. Consistently serving other people. When we serve and we try to serve God, you'll find yourself serving people. The very first step, by the way, James is a book all about spiritual maturity. And the very first step and foundation of maturity is humility. 
And if we are willing to stop living on the other's labels and put on God's label as a servant. First, James 1.1. James, servant. Not a big deal. Not, you know, I am son of Mary. I am half-brother of Jesus. That's the, the labels that my brothers, my friends, my pals give me. The label that God gives me is servant. I'd like to be known James, Ryan, <laughs> excuse me, insert your name. Excuse me, insert your name. Brother Richard, servant, Nathan, and I, I shouldn't name out names because I'll forget people's names. Miss Natalie, servant. All right. You do not have to serve at Elk Point Baptist Church to serve God. That's true. But when we serve God, we are serving others. So this week, this is my challenge to you this week. Uh, Just be a servant. Again, it does not start and stop in church. It can be done at the the work, at the job site. Uh, It can be done uh, behind the computer. What if I thought about, pick out the number one person that you really don't like at work do something to serve them this week. Just be a servant. Hey, I see you've been struggling with this. Can I help you with that? Do a part of their job, maybe. I don't know. Uh, just serve. Just I'm just a servant. I'm not looking if the boss is behind me and, hey, you looking this? You watching this? Doing pretty good right here. Uh, I'm just, I just know that God's watching me. At all times. I'm just called to serve. There's people that's better. There are people that are better than me. There's better singers. Better song leaders. And for each of you, there's better, better school students who get better grades than me. And there's, uh, <laughs> there's better people at work who are higher up, make more money, tell me what to do, and things like that. There's better I'm just called to be a servant. That's all I'm going to do. Just going to serve. Uh, the spirit of a servant, this is totally last. The spirit of a servant is being low and being humble. That is who and what a servant is. Low and humble. And the first step of spiritual maturity, uh, servanthood. All right, by that sound, let's, let's finish. Let's be done. Father, I love you. I thank you for meeting with me at this time. I thank you, God, that you didn't call me to be this perfect preacher. You just called me to be a servant. And God, I am only just striving to do that today. I want to have a time of invitation. Would you stand with me, please? I want to have Brother Dan.